0: Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022, and this is day 1680 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify you. Thank you so much, my Lord, for allowing us to fulfill this beautiful purpose that you've given us while we're here on this earth to go forth and be a blessing to so many other people as you bless us and as you encourage us and as you equip us to do so. I thank you for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is holy boldness. Uh-huh. Holy boldness. That comes from the Lord. And we're going to talk about a lady named Jochebed, who was the mother of Moses. We talked about this last Wednesday and the Lord put it on my heart for today. So we're going to talk about this today. So I'm going to start in Exodus chapter 1 verse 22, just kind of giving the backdrop a little bit as to what's happening. So Pharaoh um, has now come into control and he is very concerned and worried about the Hebrews uh, becoming so uh, numerous and he oppressed them so much but it still didn't matter so he was uh, worried that they would turn against him because there were so many so he commanded the midwives to kill the boys when they were born and they did not do it because they loved the Lord and the next thing he commanded was that every boy baby born be thrown into the Nile River it was called genocide today It was his way of controlling population, controlling uh, his uh, legacy, being in control and uh, in power. So he felt like he needed to kill off uh, the men of the uh, Hebrew uh, children or, or, or race. He wanted to get rid of that race because if there were no men, they would not be able to reproduce. And that was his goal. All right, so we're going to be starting here in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. And it says, Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile. But every girl, let every girl live. Now chapter 2 of Exodus, starting at verse 1 through 10. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. So this man was Amram, and the woman was Jochebed. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and the son's name was Moses. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. uh, What would happen to him. Uh, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants (laughs) were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister, his sister's name was Miriam. His sister asked Pharaoh's daughter. So she had been walking alongside the riverbank and making sure that her brother was okay. She said, Shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She didn't say, It's my brother. She didn't say, I'll get my mom. None of those things. Because she knew it was a matter of life or death. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. <laughs> So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Look at how God will do it, right? Paid her to nurse her own child, and you know, have allowing her time now with her son, and he's not going to die. And so the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So his mother was rewarded and blessed, and then she had to let him go. That had to be hard. And I would imagine Jochebed's thoughts were, he didn't die, he didn't drown, he's living a better life, he's living in the palace now, and not knowing that God would use him To save all the Israelites. And that could have possibly included her. If she was still living. When her son was instructed by God. To deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. So let's go to point number one. How do you view your life's purpose here on earth? Do you ever wonder. What am I here for? Do you ever feel like you're not capable to do what the Lord has called you to do? Jochebed, Moses' mother, um, and Moses, as I said before, the man God was preparing to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt under the leadership of a ruthless, evil leader, Pharaoh. Jochebed demonstrates her faith in God and holy boldness to do whatever it takes to save her child's life. As ruthless as Pharaoh was, that did not stop her from risking her own life and her whole family's life to protect her son. She used the gifts and talents she had to build a miniature boat made out of papyrus reeds. She knew what she was doing. Egyptian river boats were made with these same reeds and waterproof tar. The reeds grew as tall as 16 feet, could be gathered in swampy areas along the Nile. Thus, a small basket hidden among the reeds would be well insulated from the weather and difficult to see. Papyrus plants were primarily used for riding by the Egyptians. They were also used for food, sandals, boxes, mats, boats. The plant was used for political and religious beliefs carved out in some temple temples and monuments which represented the afterlife for them our afterlife is uh eternal life with jesus christ that's what ours is so (laughs) you know it's not uh yeah it's it's not even afterlife it is life (laughs) glory to god but as we can see how she used this papyrus plant uh, to save her son the reeds from the plant, and the waterproof tar. Point number two. God uses some of the simplest and smallest things to bless us. What has God shown you to use to overcome the attacks of the enemy? Jacob's faith in God caused her to take action. She did not waste time. It was urgent. She was willing to sacrifice losing her son rather than killing him. By losing him, When I say that, by losing him to Pharaoh's daughter. What are you willing to give up in order to do what God has called you to do? Your will, your perspective, your time, your finances, your space. What is it that God has put on your heart? Third, we can also see the Jacobed's daughter, Miriam, also had a holy boldness, right? The fruit doesn't fall too far from the tree, or the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, is how that saying goes. <laughs> and Miriam was uh, like her mother. I know uh, Moses' father had to be amazing as well, but we're seeing the two women here doing this. The uh, It is just uh, so beautiful to see this. Uh, to further the steps of saving her brother's life, she offered Pharaoh's daughter, a Hebrew woman, <laughs> uh, her own mother, to nurse him. And they were paid for doing so. Look at how God will do it. God blessed Jochebed and her family abundantly. Jochebed kept her word and gave her precious son to the princess. It is important that we keep our word, even when it hurts even when it doesn't seem fair or right. You know, uh, as long as it's according to God's will and you made this promise, you need to follow through with it. If it's something bringing harm to yourself or someone else, that, no, you don't do that. (laughs) Not, no, no, no. But when it's something that you've made a vow and you made a vow to God when we make these vows, we need to make sure to complete it. God allowed it to happen this way so that her life, as I said before, she was still alive and her family. We know that Miriam and Aaron were still alive when God used Moses to deliver the Israelites because they were with him. So, yeah, would her life would be spared through the holy boldness of her son. <laughs> What a great example Jochebed was to her family. So her daughter, <laughs> and then her son Moses, and I'm sure her son Aaron as well. Because God used Aaron in the beginning uh, to speak for Moses, because Moses did not feel comfortable doing so when it came to standing before Pharaoh. But soon after, you don't see that happening anymore After he go, after Moses went to Pharaoh over and over again. And until it was the last plague, the death of the oldest, the oldest of every son, every male, uh, the death angel came and flew over all the households in Egypt. And if your house did not have the blood of the lamb over it, over the doorpost, your firstborn son would die. And that is what caused Pharaoh to say, take your people and leave. It didn't end there though, but that's for another time. (laughs) But that was the holy boldness that Moses had. He obeyed God because he had an obedient, sacrificial mother who was willing to sacrifice her her son she didn't she didn't sacrifice her love for him but she gave him up what is god calling you to do that's gonna take a holy boldness <laughs> you know god has blessed me uh so much to do so many wonderful things and um it may not have looked that way in the beginning but for me to do transition zone t zone now And it takes such a holy boldness to do certain things that we're not used to doing. And to live uh, according to the way God would have us to live. So recently, I had to make a shift. And it'll be two years for us that God blessed us to start T-Zone in March. And it came to a point... Where I had to stop working and doing contract work, which brought in the income I needed or extra income just because not sure if, you know, the grant would be able to support my payroll or or what would happen or donations would be able to support that. And God says, it's now time to stop. So I stopped working for my old job doing contract work in schools. I'm still doing it for trainings for now because I said I would do that. Uh, But right now, no other schools, which took up, you know, a few days out of my week. God is saying, focus on doing T-Zone in the schools now. We've been doing it for the summer sessions and Saturdays. Now he says do it in the schools. And I've shared this with you before, but I want to give you this little update. So I have been going after sending email after email after email to many of the principals I had relationships with or I met in the Kansas City School District and and a couple of charters. And I sent these out, uh, these letters, these outlines showing what we do, how it will benefit them and especially benefit our children. And I think I sent out 20 emails and and. You know, over the last month and a half, without you know I met with people, and they were like, "This sounds great, we want to do it and and for whatever reason, nothing's happened <laughs> and I've followed up I'm not afraid to follow up with people I remember I come from a background of sales <laughs> uh and and it was it's a gift that God blessed me with, didn't know I had, so no does not mean no to me uh and you know, so I and I and I know how to persevere and, and be persistent, but not be rude while doing so. But I noticed it was just really strange that not one, even some of the ones that were, you know, I could tell in their heart, yes, we're going to do this. Thank you for sharing this. and Nothing It's it's like crickets. And then the Lord said, go to the Hickman Middle School District and go to the principal that you know, and that was the principal, Mr. Jordan, at Smith Hill, and uh, the other principals I knew as well, but I know Mr. Jordan a lot more, and uh, working in his school for years at Smith Hill, and I said, okay, called, actually sent an email, he answered within two days, and that's, that's awesome, (laughs) because I know all the principals have their plates full, and he answered, he said, okay, uh, let's meet. Uh, I'm available this day or that day. And we met yesterday. And I'm showing him the paperwork saying, hey, here's how I can do it. I could either be in one classroom or I could go, you can pull out students. I'll work with them. However you want to do it, the grant will cover half and you would pay half. And he said, and I was going through the information on the sheet. He says, I don't need to, I don't need to see that. He said, I know you, and I'm already sold. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to help our kids, basically, is what he was saying. And and my heart just was overwhelmed <laughs> with joy and knowing that he already knew and saying, I, I'm not concerned about this outline. <laughs> I know you, and I am so grateful to God. And so... We're starting the process. He told me to, you know, make sure I get my vendor number with the district, reached out to a young lady that I know at the district, and she got right back to me, and I had already started the process and got approved for the vendor uh, number to do the work there, and she said, well, let me, is it okay if I pass this on to other principals? I said, look at God. (laughs) I said, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I said, I'm already, I already have a meeting with your high school principal at Ruskin. I'll be meeting with him tomorrow morning. And she said, he was one of them. I'll send it then to the uh, elementary school. I said, yes, because I'll be doing sixth grade as well. God is opening doors and it took uh, boldness in Christ to do this because, It could have been the end. Like, all right, this isn't working. Nobody's answering in this district. And I had to hear God to say, move on to the next district. And every door opened just like that. Don't be discouraged when doors are not opening. Look at it as God is saying, not here. Or he's saying, not yet. Or he will show you where to go. And it might have been just a way that God was getting me ready. I don't know. But whatever the reason, I am so grateful. And now soon, and I told Mr. Jordan that I need to start (laughs) this early next month because of the, the parameters of the grant. I really need to get started with this. And he said, we'll make that happen. We'll get to work. And I said, look at God, I am so grateful And I see how God does this over and over again. But it's up to us to step out on faith and be bold in Christ, trusting him. What is it that God is showing you to do? And you may be a little fearful because, like I said, I had to let go of some income there that I knew I could count on. And I had to just totally now count on grant money to cover my payroll to cover my team to cover the youth all those things and it's just through this grant is just through December however we'll be meeting again in January again it's in by faith and and working on other grants what is it that you're having to sacrifice and not being certain of that God is saying it doesn't matter where your certainty lies is in him he is constant. He is sovereign. He is the one that is in control of everything, but our will. He wants you to trust him. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, org. J a c k i e B Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Or check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing with our youth, teaching them life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness. So please uh, partner with us. Uh, donate to this worthwhile cause. You won't be sorry. And, and thank you all so much for your support and your prayers. We appreciate you so much. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.